0: Sometimes the biggest monsters can be hiding completely in plain sight. Sometimes these monsters can have high-end jobs, police officers, work in the army, and can be very close to you. It's absolutely disturbing to think about. Today we'll deep dive into a twisted mind of Dennis Nilsson, a veteran, security guard, and police officer, at a one-time edition of Clapped by Fire. The apocalypse. Hello and welcome, I'm Kai Maxwell, your hosts, our co-hosts are Sean emmis Eames, how do, you, how do you pronounce that Sean?
1: <laughs> That's Eames man.
0: Eames and John Peterson today, we'll tell you the notorious tale of Dennis Nielsen, and you are listening to Clapped by Fire. How's everyone doing today? Doing good bro. Doing good. Good. Yeah, I woke up with a head a head cold, so I'm a little congested. If my voice is is off just a wee bit, Um, uh, I I apologize. Just uh, just letting you guys know. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Okay, you guys want to share anything, or do you want to jump right into the story?
1: I don't have much today, so yeah, let's jump in.
2: In Today, let's yeah, jump in.
0: Yeah, I'm going to share two things real fast. I was reading the news, and uh, I actually posted it into our Discord. But uh, they found a body in Provo. Homeless person. It's too cold outside. It's sad, like a sad story, but still, like...
2: Damn, man. Found a it body has been freezing lately. Really.
0: Yeah, the weather's I thought just... all pretty- the
2: homeless bodies were found up in Salt Lake.
0: Yeah, that is happening. And second, too, I was actually uh, reading an article that uh, there's like some monks that they literally will die during meditation. And during meditation, or if they die during meditation, they will just come cake them in clay and uh, like, you know, paint them over. And and they're pretty much x raying these like clay, they look like a sculpture. There's literally dead meditating monks inside. (laughs) Wow. Maybe we'll have to that's check up perfect. on that in the future. But... Yeah,
2: that's going to be a good episode. <laughs> well, that's one way to go.
0: So our story today, I'll I'll start us out. Our story today starts in Scotland. So mates, if you want to try I, that sounds I can't imitate Scottish accent, but if you want to try to talk, you know, in you know, a cool little accent today, it might make this story a little bit more interesting. <laughs> So to start off, we're gonna jump into a timeline. Let's get clapped. November twenty third, nineteen forty five. Dennis Andrew Nilsson was born on November twenty on November twenty third, nineteen forty five, in Frasburg. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but Aberdeenshire, and Scotland. Oh. The second of three I'm children. Good. Born to Elizabeth Duthie White and Olav Mangus Moksham. If you're from Scotland and you're listening, I I deeply apologize. I cannot pronounce people's names. (laughs) So I got a question for you guys real fast. Do you think that the majority of serial killers or really evil people are born the way or they're made this way?
1: I think they're born with something, man. Honestly, like
2: it's kind of a born with something and the nurture. I think the nurture kicks in as well.
1: For sure. I don't know. Most of them usually just have a uh disassociation for any sort of right or wrong, you know what I mean? Like they just can't tell the difference between the two and I mean, even if they do, I, I don't think that they care, you know what I'm saying?
0: So in today's story, I want you guys to keep asking yourself this question. Dennis Nilsson did a lot of good in his life and pretty much shit hit the fan <laughs> when he got older. So just, just keep that question in mind. We'll talk a little bit more about it at the end of this episode. Yeah. So Dennis pretty much was fatherless. His dad was in the Army, and that was his biggest focus. It, it was big and honorable to be serving in the Army. And uh Dennis was a young child. He remember his mother saying that she should have not been married cuz she felt like she was rushed into it. She had a lot of family pressure. Um like I said, she she felt like she rushed into it, had 3 kids and then the dad like did not give a shit at all. It's constantly army army army. Um I'm too busy. Uh, so pretty much uh pretty much fatherless, you know. Did not uh, did not have a dad. Did not have a dad growing up. A lot of the information about him when he was younger was he was socially awkward, a quiet kid. And with the dad being absent a lot of the time, they would spend a lot of the time with the grandparents. And his family used to say that they used to love going on picnics out in the hills of Scotland and just enjoying natural na- Nature. So uh, when, I, when I hear that, the first thing that comes to the mind is like, the hills are alive. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever look up uh, pictures of Scotland, it's absolutely gorgeous, green, lush, rains all the time, absolutely beautiful. So homeboys, out, they're out on hills, you know, pretty much single mom, dad's way, having these beautiful, gorgeous picnics and just enjoying good old uh, grandparent time. Dennis was uh, very close with his grandfather, and his grandfather, um, he was a fisherman of trade. When Dennis was younger, his grandpa went out on a fishing trip and while on the fishing trip, had a heart attack and passed away. Now, not having a father figure in his life and being so close to his grandparents, this is extremely hard on him. But the thing that kind of that I don't really quite understand is I understand like how business works. If you're a fishing boat, you're gonna go out. What happens if a crewmate dies? Do you just throw them on the ice and say, "U-huh, oh, we're not going back for two weeks"? Or how does that work out?
1: Dang, yeah, I don't
0: know. They Do just keep the body somewhere. I, you know, I, I don't know. I've always this kind of an interesting question that popped up to me is, what happens if you're supposed to go out for a month and someone dies within the first week? Do you go back early? Do you lose your business money, or do you just throw them on ice and say, "Hey, we ain't going back until the boat's full"? You know.
1: I mean, it's probably cold enough The uh, ought to be preserved, you know. But yeah, that, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to do some research on that later. So, so his dad, his grandpa dies of sea having a heart attack while while they're fishing. Um, and when they come back, his grandfather has an open casket funeral. And before the open casket funeral, Dennis is able to see his dead grandfather. He's able to, like, kind of look upon his corpse. And I kind of think that this is the point in his life where he may start thinking some weird fantasy shit. Dennis really loved his grandfather at a very young age. He knew that he was gay. And I don't know if maybe seeing dead people at a young age maybe something clicked in his brain, but he started having some pretty weird fascinations after this. His grandpa was buried um and then pretty much continually growing up, and the town they lived in just uh economics wasn't really you know there wasn't really a lot of job opportunities and what. So at the youngest age possible, he decided to join the army and follow in his father's footsteps. And there's one story of when he was a kid that I don't really know if it really means anything, but he went out swimming one time and in the ocean, the current comes in and pretty much sweeps him out. And he has pretty much a life and death scenario where he thought he was going to die Pretty much admitted to himself, like, "Hey, I'm gonna die," and then he gets saved. So that's pretty much, pretty much his his childhood. No father, grandpa dies. His connection to the people that he loved, uh, pretty much all you know gets taken away from him. Then he ends up joining the army. <clears throat> he joined the army in 1961 after joining the Sutherland Highland Sutherland Highlanders. He joined the British Army as a cook. And as a benefit of being a, a cook in the Army is he had his own private, like, room. So, you know, in, in the Army, is a lot of people sleeping in, like, bunk beds or, you know, groups of people sleep in certain areas. As being a cook, he had his own little private room. And Dennis is growing up gay and being around a bunch of guys. This is where... He later states in interviews is where he started having a lot of weird fascinations. Dennis would go out, cook food for the army, and then he'd go back to his quiet quarters and start wanking the meat as hot as he possibly could. Beating that thing absolutely raw day after day, feeding a very large porn addiction. (laughs) And also in one of these interviews, he talks about how, you know, back back in the you know the 60s and 70s, being gay was, you know, a lot of you got bullied a lot, you weren't accepted in society, it was very shameful. So from his background and then to the army, I'm sure he felt like ashamed of doing it, but when, when you gotta urge, you gotta urge. Come on. <laughs> And since we're talking about Dennis in Scotland, he's totally baiting his mate every day, mate. Every bloody day. <laughs> his roommates probably like, Hey, what is that in there? Oh, nothing. <laughs> in interviews, oh my God. he talked about how he had some mirrors in his room and he would angle his mirrors. So you wouldn't be able to see his face. You'd just be able to see his body. And he would uh, please himself by just looking at his body. And that's where a lot of these weird fascinations came into play of, I don't know, what was going through this guy's head. But, you know, his private quarters, probably some pretty dark, some pretty pretty crazy uh, thinking process was going on. What do you think about that, John?
2: On, I just uh, England, uh, the mirror and stuff down, maybe some kind of a narcissism, you know, with him. Um, what I was kind of going with, what popped through my mind when you said that, I'm like borderline narcissist. Yeah,
0: there's another story that he he claimed to say that happened in the army where a bunch of him, or him and a bunch of people got together or a bunch of other I don't know what you call other people in the army co army people or your your homies your brothers. A lot of them got drunk. And not just oh, yeah. drunk, totally shit-faced drunk, passed out on the floor, and uh, Dennis may or not have had some pretty gnarly fascinations and probably winked one out when everyone was drunk out on the floor.
1: Dang. That's, uh, yeah, not Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: After eleven years of serving his country, he decided to leave, and he got a uh, just a little part-time security job. After doing this security job for a short while, he joined the Met Police. Met Police in Willsburg Green. I don't know if I'm just not saying that right or what, but he joined the, he joined the police in Willsburg Green. <laughs> And, um, in that he only did it for eight months and after eight months, he ended up just resigning. And in that eight months, there's some stories that, uh, there was a few arrests that he did. Um, you know, just went around doing a lot of good. So Dennis, you think about it, this part of his life, he's done, he's done a lot of good. Like he served his country for 11 years. This security guard joined the police station and then uh shit all of a sudden starts hitting the fan. <clears throat> in November nineteen seventy five, he moves into his flat at one ninety-five Melrose Avenue, Northwest London. It was a small apartment that had a fenced backyard with a large garden. And so I've never been to Scotland, but I don't know how it how it how it describes this. Maybe I'm just unfamiliar with it. So he lives in this apartment complex or this apartment In the back of the house, there's like this large gardening area where people are able to go out and plant gardens and stuff like that. But there was also an area for like (coughs) burning, burning stuff like, I don't know, bonfires or, or just a fire area.
1: Just kind of a fire pit.
0: And so this place kind of created the perfect environment for Dennis to start Just going completely off the rails. In December 30 of 1978, Dennis carried out his first murder. He killed a 14-year-old Stephen Holmes, strangled him as he walked home from a concert. So, if you know the story of Jeffrey Dahmer, Dennis is very, very similar to Jeffrey Dahmer. They did a lot of the same sick stuff. Dennis never claimed to police that he ever ate anyone, but it's kind of hard to believe after you hear all the crazy facts about this guy. So he's hitting up gay bars, he's going around the city, and like I said, 1985, moves into this new apartment, 1978, comes home from a concert, meets a 19-year-old boy, says, hey, want to come to my house? Want to uh, want to have some drinks, want to watch a movie. You got to understand, Dennis is like th- in his mid-30s right now. He's kind of an older guy going after a 14-year-old boy. Some pedo pedo shit going on right here. Yeah. He lures the boy into his house and strangles him. <clears throat> Dennis, when confessing to this murder, he said that the boy was around... He thought the boy was around 17 years old, but the boy was only 14. And you think about it, people back in the day did look a lot older for their age, but still, 17, 14, in my opinion, is a pretty big age gap.
1: Especially when he's 30 years old, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that's a huge age gap. I don't know any 30 year olds that are like, yeah, I did a 17 year old, even still, you know?
0: Absolutely. So he lured him back to his apartment, had a bunch of drinks, uh, and. Dennis's way of killing was strangulation or he'd get a bucket and he'd drown he would stick their head in it and drown them in a bucket. That's how he took out his victims. He was not did not kill people with guns or knives. He I was a sick bastard and I guess enjoyed watching the life leave people's eyes as he choked them or or drowned them in a bucket of water. So he brings them back to his apartment apartment he says he drank heavily. Uh the boy fell asleep and when the boy woke up As when uh, Dennis decided, you ain't going nowhere, and took the dude out. Yeah. And this is where things get extremely, extremely disturbing. Dennis would kill his victims, and he started this ritual with his victims where he would bathe them in a shower. He would dress them up, you know, pamper them all up, make them smell good, put makeup on them, whatever. He would talk to him. He would play, I don't know, dollhouse with them. They'd watch movies together. He'd sleep next to them. What the hell? And Dennis discovered that there were some loose floorboards in his house. And he would move up these floorboards. And that's where he would start stashing these bodies. Jeez. So... He's stashing these bodies, and then when he's home on his free time, he's taking out these bodies and he's playing with them, having little playtime, you know, yada yada yada, doing who knows what with. It also, or Dennis also claims that he would put them in plastic bags because their bodies would start decomposing. He would keep these bodies in anywhere between six to eight months. Holy they crap! Would, man. They would start decomposing, and they got to a point where I'm assuming they just weren't, I don't know, satisfying to. Look at anymore, I guess. Not sure. And the thing the thing is, too, this guy should have been caught so many times. It is it is absolutely disturbing how he didn't, and so many people lost their lives due to this guy. Almost one year later, he strikes again. October 1798. Nilsen attempted to murder a student from Hong Kong named Andrew Ho, who he had met in st martin's lane pub so obviously in the gay pubs again lured this guy to his flat promised to have sex take some pictures Nilsson has attempted to trangle, to strangle him but this guy had managed to escape this guy went to police came back to where they found Nilsson's apartment and then the guy decides not to press charges he was like oh we just got in a big fight you know we're both gay and, uh, you know, I just got out of hand, but no, doesn't get caught. The dude's got a be- dead body under his floorboards, attempts to kill this dude. And this dude brings him back to the apartment and still doesn't turn him in. What the hell? <laughs> if that would have happened, Dennis would have only killed one person. And this whole story would have been over. But of course, there's too many global people on this planet, poor police work, and a lot more people ended up dying. <laughs> December 3rd of 1979, same thing, going out, trying to lure people in, a West End pub, he straggles Canadian tourist Kenneth Ockenden, the dude was 23 years old, obviously a gay guy, same thing, went to a bar, had some drinks, decided to invite him over, pretty much doing your whole uh, Jeffrey Dahmer type of uh, killing method. And, uh, Sean, this question's for you, but, uh, what are they drinking in freaking like Scotland and, and, uh, Paris, dude? Like what, what drinks they drink over there, you know?
1: (laughs) Uh, usually whiskey, man. As far as I know. (laughs) Whiskey and rum, mate. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: (laughs) So, uh, when these guys are drinking, you all these, these guys are getting pretty, uh, pretty fucked up. So. (laughs) Right. So, uh. This tourist, uh, you know, they go to the pub, they get super drunk. Dennis promises him, hey, you're visiting, we're going to go around, and I'm going to show you some scenery around here. Uh, He says, first, let's go back to my apartment. He goes back to his apartment, and uh, Dennis wraps a wire wrap around his neck and strangled him and killed him. I'm not sure what a wire wrap is. I'm assuming like kind of like maybe a zip tie type of method, some sort of hard plastic that's strong enough to suffocate someone.
1: Is this so, different than uh, how he usually, used to do it? Like, he used to do it with his hands, right? Now he's uh, reverting to tools? It
0: depends on uh, depends on the, the person, and I think it also depends on just kind of how things were going. Like I was gotcha. saying, a lot of his victims, he either strangled them or would stick their head in a bucket and drowned them. There were some people yeah. that he would choke them out and they didn't end up dying and they'd wake up again just to be strangled again. Like what type Damn, of sick dude. nightmare is that?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so
0: he strangles his second victim. And now he's got two bodies in his floorboard underneath his floorboards. Okay. And these, these murders were, so what do we got? 1978 and 1979. So that both in December striked pretty much a year apart. And, uh, he's kind of getting to a point where, you know, you got to start, you got to, you know, dispose of a body. How do you dispose of a body? Well, that's not on his mind right now. Killing's on his mind. May 7th of 1980, he finds a runaway Martin Buffet, 16 years old, gay guy, same thing. Um, goes out, lures, promises some drinks, yada, 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 come home and have a meal. Um... Dennis ends up filling up his kitchen sink and holding the poor guy's head under the water until he drowns to death. 16 years old. Pretty freaking sad. Yeah. So there's a pattern here where he starts killing more frequently. He's killing and he's getting away with it. And, uh, you know, he's got a bunch of bodies under his floorboards. And so he's got to start getting rid of them. So I don't know how he comes up with this idea, but he decides to build a big bonfire in this little garden area behind his apartment. And at nighttime, he would sneak these bodies out and he would burn them. And I guess the fire would consume the flesh and, you know, harden up the the, make the bones really brittle. You could just go out there and smash them super easy the next day. But that's how he started getting rid of the bodies. He'd kill them, strangling them. He'd keep them around, kiss them, play with them, shower with them, do all sorts of weird shit with them. And like I said, this guy denies all forms of cannibalism. I'm going to say bullshit to that. And, uh, yeah, we'll continue on our story. (laughs) (laughs) May seventeenth, 1980, finds runaway Martin Duffey, 16, sleeping roughly – at a railway station, same thing. Says, "Hey, you're lonely. Want to come home? Want to have a drink?" Comes home, feeds the guy a meal. Um, this dude, it puts like a strap around the dude's neck and keeps tightening it faster and faster until it eventually. Kind of thinking of one of those like, uh, like kind of straps that we maybe use at work—the ones that you can like click, 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 click. Can you imagine uh, hearing that as you slowly your, – your neck tightens more and more and more? Jeez. So, yeah, this dude – so he pinned him on the ground, sat on his chest, and tightened that thing until he couldn't breathe anymore and eventually ended up killing him. So this is where our guy should have been caught again, but uh doesn't freaking happen. <laughs> 1980, wow. tries to strangle Scott Barnes Douglas Stewart as he slept in a chair <clears> – <throat> The dude goes to the police and uh, the police come and talk to him and they decide not to press any sort of charges because they're both gay guys and they were drinking and it was just some foul play, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. You were trying to kill him, were you? Oh, no, you know. Jeez. So this oh, dude. <laughs> was that, So was the, the cops name?
1: definitely know who this guy is and, you know, <laughs> they just keep brushing it off like, yeah, weird coincidence.
0: So Dennis, yeah, I that totally. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Obviously, police, the police force has changed. I feel like a lot of, a lot of things have changed. But like I said, this guy, multiple, multiple calls, multiple people saying, if you, if you've had multiple, if you were a police officer and multiple people called you and said, hey, this guy's trying to kill me, what would you think? Like, <laughs> nah, good, good one, you know. Like, or would you be like, oh shit, like let's go find what's going on here, you know? Right. So, does not get caught, and at this time, when Dennis is talking to police, he tells them that some of the bodies underneath his floor are starting to smell pretty freaking bad. He's saying that a lot of these bodies are completely covered in magnets, and they smell awful. People in his apartment complex were complaining that it smelled like absolute shit, dying bodies. And uh so after collecting some more bodies in 1980 uh Nilsson goes outside and burns them and he says that when he's burning these bodies there's three children that come outside and start watching him So Dennis goes in a little panic mode can you imagine being a little kid and not even knowing it but you're watching some dude burn some bodies Right Says that Dennis went and threw a tire on the fire to mask this smell and the stench that was coming from the fire. Jeez, pretty freaking that crazy. One he just cleaned out under his floorboards, cleaned his apartment, burned them all. Kids almost caught him, but woo You know, Dennis. Dennis ain't getting caught. Dennis is getting away. Like, no way they are <laughs> catching this guy. Great. January. i got this. Sorry, John. Go for it.
2: Dennis got this.
0: <laughs> Yo, by the way, if you got I a moment, keep on
2: going. Yeah.
0: I recommend uh, Googling a picture of this guy. And I uh, just want to let, like, just let me know if you think this guy looks like a creepy killer. Cause my personal opinion, this guy looks like a creepy freaking killer. He has like the old school, just like, like.
1: Not even he look so much like Dahmer, dude. It's crazy. He's got, like, brown hair, but, you know, like, old Dahmer kind of look. The big Coke glasses, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a different sort of character.
0: And obviously times have changed, but if I was walking down the road and that creepy guy came up to me, I'd be like, get the hell away from me. These young, these young people are like, oh, yeah, let's go have a drink. Like, you know.
1: Right. Ready he's for- kind of a scrawny dude, too, like, being a serial killer, you know? It's not like he's, like, intimidating looking. Not really. Yeah. So.
0: So Dennis got a lot of his victims from this lion pub, this this gay bar. And in 1981, he committed a murder. He killed uh, a young Scott he meets at the lion pub. Doesn't even say this guy's name. So I don't even know if his body was able to – or if he was able to be identified. So he kills the body and then Dennis has like a freak out mode. His landlord comes and knocks on his door and says, Hey Dennis, there's a lot of complaints about smell, a lot of stuff. Um, we want to renovate the apartment and we'll pay you. So I don't know I don't know how the money works here, but it's pretty much like an L and it's a thousand. I don't know what type of money they use in in in, in uh like France, and, or or a thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. You're awesome. So they offer Dennis a thousand pounds to move out, and Dennis agrees. So Dennis goes outside later that day, burns the last body, you know, cleans up his apartment, super dandy, cleans under the floorboards, and uh, they come in and, and they renovate the, the the apartment, and they don't find anything. They do not find anything that this guy has left behind obviously the black light was not invented then obviously because <laughs> if they had the black light they would be pissing themselves because i'm sure that body fluids were just everywhere in this dude's apartment oh, boy. <laughs> so offer him a thousand pounds dennis ends up moving um and he moves into this new apartment, and this new apartment obviously doesn't have any loose floorboards, does not have a garden in the back. So uh, this is where Dennis has got to start getting a little bit more creative, and this might open up some more sick fantasies for him. So January 1981, moves out of his apartment, moves into a new apartment in a Cranley garden in North London. No idea where that is, but he moves to London. <laughs> September eighteen ninety-one, um, he discovers Malcolm Barlow, twenty-four, slumped in his doorway. He just wakes up one day, homeless dude sleeping on his in his in his place. And uh Dennis might might have decided that he's maybe feeling a little guilty. He call he calls an ambulance for this guy. Ambulance comes, picks this dude up. And this guy was so grateful that he goes back to the apartment where he passed or where he fell asleep on this dude's doorstep. Thanks, thanks Dennis. And uh, Dennis invites him aside and uh, strangles and kills him.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, man. How
0: unlucky can you get freaking Malcolm Barlow? How unlucky can you get? You escaped the arms of a serial killer just to go back and to thank this guy and then get killed by him. Right. Holy shit. Some people are so unlucky. And I, I know it's hard not to la- like, uh, it's just, that's awful.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's sad,
2: but damn.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So the, the, these killings start getting a lot more consistent, um, less time. Obviously he's killing and then, you know, it's not quite satisfying his needs. So he's killing more frequently, yada, yada, yada. So in 1982, he invites a drag queen, Carl Stoner, to his new flat, his new apartment. Like I said, it's in Cranley Garden in North London and uh, ends up strangling this dude and killing him. So like I said, he doesn't have the, the loose floorboards. He does not have his garden to burn him in. So Dennis starts getting really nasty. He starts putting him in his bathtub just like Jeffrey Dahmer starts cutting them up, putting their arms in trash bags, throwing them away little by little. Um but the same thing. He's still killing these people. He's still showering them, keeping their bodies, you know, sleeping next to a dead body. And uh this la his last and final kill, I'm going I wasn't trying to get too graphic just because a lot of the stuff makes me wheezy, but this la his last kill I'll be a little bit more graphic and tell you just a little bit more about what this guy would do. So, 1982, kills a drag queen, Carl Stoner. Um, like I said, he doesn't have the means of getting rid of the bodies, and so he's keeping them in plastic bags in his closet and in the bathtub and uh, just kind of keep them around the house and disposing of them little by little. He Some people he'd cut up and flush, just like Jeffrey Dahmer, flush uh, as much of them down the toilet as he possibly could. But he's still he's still killing, okay? So his last and final kill, and they say that this guy killed anywhere from, uh, they, they say 15 to 16 people. How many people do they think that he, he ended up, unfortunately, uh, ending their lives? And it's very sad and horrible, but uh, that's what we're covering today. So let's continue on. So January 26, 1983, strangles and dismembers, actually, no, this is not his last kill. His last kill is Stephan Sinclair. I like Stephan Sinclair. Come back to my house. We're going to have some drinks. Take some bloody pictures. Oh, you can show me a nice cook, and then I'm going to fucking kill you. Ah, okay, let's go. No, no, no. I'm sure the conversation did not go like that. So his last victim, <laughs> Stephan Sinclair, comes to his house. Um, You know... And, uh, apparently they, you know, had some good sex, drank some alcohol, had a good old dandy old time. Uh, Sinclair falls asleep on, on his bed. He ends up falling asleep and not killing him. Whew! Not yet. At least falls asleep next to him. He wakes up. The guy said he's going to go strangles him, kills him, puts him right back in the bed. (laughs) And this is where it's going to get a little graphic. I apologize. Explicit warning here. If you get queasy, you don't want to listen. Um, This is some freaky shit. Kills this guy, puts him back on the bed. So Dennis is sleeping next to this guy's dead body. Dennis turned to the head. This is what he claims to say to police. He turned to the head... So the person was looking at them. He made sure their eyeballs were open and they'd look at him. And he would go to sleep and wake up and he would just have little, little conversations. He would say, Stephen, go to sleep. You can rest now. Or Stephen, I love you. And he would like make out and have sexual fantasies, rape the dead body. Then he'd go shower the body and dress him up all nice and have little dinner dates in his living room. This guy is extremely effed up in the head. Uh, playing around with people's dead corpse. I don't know how that's fun. And like I said, you throw them under the floorboards, or or no, you throw them in your closet, and then they'd start stinking, but he'd still take them out and wash them. That's just how sick and disgusting this guy
1: was. Jeez, man.
0: So the dude's got some bodies in his house. He just kills another person. He's got someone in his bathtub. He's hiding another dude in his closet, and he just takes out this guy. <clears throat> and so this story is, uh, it's going to change a little bit. So there's a guy named Dennis that calls this plumbing company and he's like, Oh, Hey, Hey, I'm not, I'm not sure this is exact, his exact words. We it's something like this. <laughs> you're never going to believe it, mate. I was, uh, <laughs> through, I was, I was putting some re- most, uh, some, some, uh, some roast meat down my drain. Oh, <laughs> and it, it clogged the thing right up. Okay, you would not believe it. You got to come and help me unclog it. <laughs> <laughs> so this plumber goes out there and he's like oh this guy's calling saying that his drains are plugged like what the hell's going on so i I guess he like goes outside or something and he opens the drain to like like let the clog out and he just kind of sees like this substance that looks like meat and uh there's like a little bit and then there's a lot and there's a lot and there's a lot and just by looking at it this guy was able to identify that it was a body it was human flesh just by looking at the substance that was coming out of his drain, this motherfucker was putting his last victim down the garbage disposal. Now, I can honestly say, in my lifetime, I have clogged the garbage disposal so many goddamn times, and I could tell you it was never human bodies. It was, it was like beans, freaking orange pill, trying to make it smell good. You know, so many stupid little things. So I don't even know what was going through this guy's right mind to put a whole freaking body down the garbage disposal.
1: <laughs> what a hell of a garbage disposal, man! I mean, seriously, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this guy, uh, you know, goes to police says, "Hey, you need to come check this guy out." The police come to the guy's apartment, and when they answer the door, Dennis just says, "Come search my place. I've killed fifteen people, and I'm willing to cooperate. Tell you guys everything." So they come in, they find a body in his closet, they find a body in, uh, on his bed. And yes, of course, Dennis is trying to, uh, just, you know, feed him down the garbage disposal. Pretty gross. Uh, couldn't keep under his floorboards. And, uh, luckily this, this son of a bitch got caught. So he gets caught and when talking to police, he kind of realizes that, oh shit. I uh, shouldn't be telling these guys everything because then I'm going to go to jail for the rest of my life. So the very uh, narcissistic, um, I don't even know what you call it, compulsive liar side, double life standard shit starts coming out of him. And he's like, hey, I didn't kill anybody. Those bodies in my house. I didn't do that. Like, What are you guys talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So Dennis goes to jail. Six months later, he's tried at the Old Barley, and like I said, they did not know how many people he killed. They estimated that he killed anyway from 14 to 15. He did confess, but later, when stuck in front of law enforcement and other people, he decided that, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing, and I'm going to get out of jail for free. <laughs> and if you think about it, this guy almost went to jail so many times. The dude, right. He saved a dude that, that was homeless, that slept on his porch. And, and he, he, you know, that whole story, uh, you know, two different times people left and said that he tried to kill them and they came back and they decided not to press charges on this mother effer. Wow. So this guy should have been caught multiple times, but they say he killed anywhere from 15 to 16 people. November 4th, 1983, the son of a bitch gets life in jail. No death penalty, no bitch slap to the face. So many hurt families of lost young, young people. And all he decided to get was jail and life. I hope that when he went to jail, there were some people that took advantage of him and made his worthless piece of shit life just as shitty as he made others.
2: I don't think they had the of a death penalty over in England around that time. I think they already abolished that. And all because he uh, didn't go to the store and talk to the, uh, you know, the Home Depot guys like, "Hey, I need a garbage disposal that can handle a body. Give me the best one." You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's so all you
2: gotta do. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I thought.
0: <laughs> so, so going off that real fast, I remember. So, have you guys ever had German pancakes?
2: No, no, uh, don't think so.
0: So a German pancake is pretty much eggs that are cooked into like kind of like a pancake. And it's kind of like on a flatbread. So it's like, it, it, dude, it's it's absolutely amazing, but they're called German pancakes. But I remember, one, so going off what you just said, I remember I went to the store and I bought one of those boxes of, there's like what, two dozen eggs in it. And I remember this dude that was working there, he came up to me and he's like, if you're gonna go egg someone's house, I'm gonna call the cops on you. And I was like what the hell? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I I know low key, I'm not gonna lie. I literally uh my mom like I was like sixteen. I was like, I'm coming down here because we have some family from St. George over and uh you know, we're gonna have German pancakes for, for, for breakfast. And it, so it's literally it's like eggs and pancakes, but it's it's not really mixed together well. So like a bite gives you like a pancake, but then another bite gives you like an egg. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you're cooking for like eight people, you kind of need a lot of eggs. So, yeah, I went and bought two dozen eggs. But the, the <laughs> dude came up to me and was like, you're going to go egg someone's house. And I was like, uh, <laughs> you're funny, but no, absolutely not. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's all I'm going to do now. <laughs> I say two dozen.
1: Better make that two dozen more. Yeah, it's
0: good. <laughs> when he said that, I should have been like, fine, I'll buy another box. <laughs> <laughs> so Dennis gets life in jail, and Dennis, at the poor old age of 72 years old, dies in prison on May 12th, 2018. Dang, from what? Just, 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 just poor hell. Just, just got old, dude. 72 years old.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah.
0: And, uh, that's the story of Dennis Nilsson and you have been clapped.
2: Oh,
0: so what do you guys think? <laughs> that's
1: a pretty good one, man.
2: I like that one. That was pretty crazy. I mean, I was also thinking about, uh, the one, the, the stoner guy that he brought home, you know, there was a, he said it was a drag queen. It's like when he dressed him up after washing them. you know, they either put him in a dress or put him in some kind of, you know, some other clothes.
0: So like I was saying is Dennis, like he confessed to police when they knocked on his door and he told them they killed 15 people. But when he started going to like court and stuff, he started denying everything. So they don't really have a full on confession from this guy. They just have kind of its and bits of what he said to this officer and to this officer but, uh, the guy was a piece of shit, dude, you know? So it's like, yeah, well, I guess we'll never know the full on story, but what we know is what he told police officers. And obviously they can take like the missing person report or, you know, kind of fit a lot of information together and they can kind of, kind of find out the case and the story there. But so you guys but, think yeah. that he was, uh, you guys think he was born evil or do you think that, uh, he became evil? Cause like I said, he did serve 11 years in the army, served his country, The guy was a police officer, and then he just kind of went apeshit.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think after time, man, he just became extremely mentally ill, you know? Probably, uh, I'm not sure if it was necessarily even a nurture thing, because it sounds like he had a pretty upstanding life, you know? Aside from seeing his grandfather pass, like, there wasn't a whole lot of sugar points.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um what do you guys think of the apartment complex when they found out that, uh, you know, Dennis, was, when he was living there, he was killing people? What do you think they did? They had re, like I said, they came in and re renovated the floor because so many people were complaining that it smelled awful. to say, there's
1: probably not enough bleach in the world, dude. Like-
0: <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely crazy story. But that is the story of Dennis. I, I just referred to him as Dennis, which is F Dennis Nielsen. Dennis Andrew Nielsen was his full name? Thank God that, uh, you know, nature took his toll on him and he is no longer with us. Thank God. I hope somebody goes and piss on this piece of shit's grave.
1: Right. That's crazy, man.
0: Well, other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you later.
1: All right. See you.